Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Emma Kisby, the EMEA CEO of Kogo. Kogo is a purpose-driven business with an open banking platform that connects conscious consumers with businesses to promote ethical and sustainable consumerism. Emma is a customer-focused commercial business leader driving the sustainability agenda, making the complex simple and translating the power of data into customer empowerment, business growth, and delivering systemic change. Specializing in driving value from customer data, commercial strategy, and partnerships, Emma has led teams across all core functions, including commercial, analytics, marketing strategy, account management, analytics, and business development within mature large companies through to growth businesses. And today she is here to share her story and some of the learns along the way. So Emma, super excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Nadia. That was quite a mouthful in the end, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, but there's so much that you've done, which I'm sure you can share with us now. So what would be a lovely starting point, I think, is just to hear a bit more about your role at Koga and what that actually entails, because, you know, a title could mean so many things to so many different people. Yeah, it really does. If I can put it simply, what Kogo does, so we basically specialise in helping consumers and small businesses to manage their carbon footprints. And so my role as CEO is to grow the business efficiently, to deliver scale and impact, and really keep a motivated and excited team. I think that probably sums up all the key things that I'm responsible for. And I love that, a motivated and excited team, because I mean, when you've got those two things, there's nothing can stop you, right? So it would be wonderful if you could share with us, if we could kind of go back a bit and share your career journey. And I always love to ask, what were the key moments? What were the lessons along the way? Yeah, so I started off my career in customer data. And I actually remember sitting at dinner parties and people would ask me what I do. And I'd, I'd mention the term customer data. Literally, it's like saying you're an accountant. People go, oh my goodness, it's so dull. But actually, what essentially it meant was analysing trends and customer data to try and identify patterns. And it was all about helping big corporates to use this information to really get people to buy more stuff. And uh, over time, I did a stint working at Virgin. And it was all about kind of putting purpose at the heart of business. And I think I'd just come from a situation where I'd helped set up a business which drove about 100 million to the bottom line of a big UK grocer. And suddenly I started to think about, well, actually, how can I use those same skills and, and really thinking about the role of data for good? That's kind of where my professional line of thinking went. But at the same time, my daughter, who's kind of growing a bit older, she decided to organise a climate strike along with Greta Thunberg was doing all, all those marches back in September three years ago. And as a nine-year-old, she organised this big march and there were 300 primary school kids marching down to the town hall. And we lay in bed that night and she was really proud of what she'd done. And she said, this, that's going to change things, isn't it, mummy? And, and it was heartbreaking because actually it was just a moment and it was great, but it wasn't changing things. And I think there was a lovely intersection in my professional and personal life when I thought, actually, I know exactly what I'm going to do in my professional life. And I met Ben, the founder of Kogo, who is a wonderful inspiration, who's ex UN and worked for the New Zealand government and all about how we can use that same data to help inform people about the impact of their own spend. To sum it up, I would probably say I went from helping businesses to uh, get people to buy more stuff to kind of almost going the other way and, and helping those same businesses to help people to buy more sustainably and more ethically and actually probably just be a bit more conscious about the money they spend. This is so, so powerful. And I didn't know the story about your daughter. I absolutely love that. Like, Good for her for doing that. 
I, Thanks, Nadia. So amazing. And and I, I just love what you said there about how you brought that to a reality. And, and this is what's happening day in, day out. And, you know, this mission of driving positive change, I know that there's a connection here that takes it even further. And you connect that critical mission to how critical your gender balance is within the business and how critical that is to the success of the business. I wanted you just to share some of your thoughts on that with us as well, please. Yeah, of course. I think I saw a stat recently that said, I think only 12% of leaders in fintechs are women. And obviously, I care a lot about that. And I've typically worked in quite male-dominated roles. And so we do a lot to encourage a better gender balance. And I think, you know, we have an obligation as a fintech, which is quite a young and immature industry, to really address both kind of the gender and diversity balance. So what we do, which is very akin to actually what we do as a business, but transparency is really key. So in the same way that we help use data to help consumers kind of understand, measure, reduce and offset their carbon emissions. We also are very transparent as a business. So, for example, all our pay, everyone knows how much everyone else earns. All our pay is actually linked to competency frameworks. So it's very clear men, whether it's true or not, have typically a better reputation to, for negotiating and self-promotion. Well, what we do is we link it to competency frameworks so that everyone has the same chance to really be promoted and to um, get pay upgrades. So transparency is really key. We're really key on promoting flexibility. Obviously, being a working mum myself, I really appreciate the importance of flexibility. And I think what we've seen, and certainly I feel this myself as an individual, which is you need to empower the individual to give them the autonomy and responsibility to manage their own time. And we found working parents, both men and women, are incredibly productive as working parents. So we really try and ensure that we bring flexibility, many to parents, but also to other people who might be carers or equally just want a better work life balance. And we find that actually people are a lot more constructive as a result. So transparency and flexibility are two values that we really promote hard at Kogo in everything that we do. And really great to hear. And I love that productivity piece because I myself can really relate to that, how productive someone can be if the environment's right for them. Now, thinking about the tech sector specifically, I know we've had conversations about this in the past. What more can we be doing to attract more people to it? I think the interesting dynamic that I found, if you kind of take the macro view, is straight away, I think people kind of look at their own skills and, and try and look at, are they relevant? And actually, there are all types of roles in a fintech business, from marketing to data analytics to tech. So actually, it doesn't all need to be kind of software engineers, for example. You know, lots of people have relevant skills. So I think the one thing is not to close off your mind to fintech. And, and also, fintech is this word that's banded around a lot. And I think from what I've understood from a PwC report. Things like technology and finance are two words that can actually put people off. So in a very practical view, what we also do is when we advertise, we're really careful about the language that we use when we promote the roles. We try and decode words that might sound a bit intimidating, but also might have a kind of gender balance. And I think it's trying to make sure that the role and the skills are made as explicit as possible that don't put people off who might think of tech and financial and, and find that a bit intimidating. So those would probably be the key things that we look at. It reminds me of what you said when we spoke about your career journey. I thought that was really fascinating 
fascinating how you said, look, I had these skills and I wanted to use them for good. And I often love seeing how people can start identifying what skills they have and how those skills could be relevant in a completely different industry. And right now across the world of fintech, there's some fantastic things happening. Your business is just one example of some brilliant moves forward that are happening within the world of financial technology and fintech. But you're absolutely right. You say those two words, finance and technology, and it brings a whole history of exclusion and a whole a whole load of tradition that we're trying to break away from, which I think is quite important to mention. It takes me quite quite nicely onto actually my final question. Can you believe it? We're already here. It's very much a call to action. So I always say in these podcasts, we're here today to walk the talk because I really love action rather than just debate. And I always encourage people to listen to these podcasts so that they can learn and then go and implement that action. So thinking about everything we've been talking to today, what would be your call to action with regards to what more we should all be doing for genuine, authentic workplace inclusion? I think as someone who's looking for a job, I think my personal experience was I really suddenly identified what my personal purpose was and where my skill sets were most relevant. And then I went into an area where it was all about carbon emissions and the science of climate change. And that's not naturally my area. And I've had to upskill very quickly. But because I had such a passion about it and really identified that my purpose was all about leveraging data, I was really able to cut through what was the value I was able to offer to this business and equally what they could get from me. So I think kind of identifying your personal purpose really brings that emotion. I'm very passionate. If you ask anyone I work with, they'll tell you probably the first thing is, gosh, she's so passionate, she's so driven, because I really love what I do. But also I was really able to identify where I can add value. I think as an employer and thinking about how we bring more women is there's so much more need for collaboration. And I think collaboration around fintechs, around you know big corporates and fintechs, around how do we actually drive and encourage more diversity, both gender equality, but also more diversity into this workplace. Because as I said, it's such a new and innovative workplace and we should be at the forefront of driving this. I recently spoke to the Chief Digital Officer at NatWest, uh, Wendy Redshaw, and she's a massive advocate for women. And we were talking about forums that we could work together on and she was recommending some amazing books like Little Miss Geek. And it's just that kind of collaboration that actually if we come together and it's a little bit like what we do on Kogo, you know, we talk about the collective collective empowerment and how if we work as a collective, we can generally drive systemic change. It's the same in the addressing the gender balance in the workplace. And I absolutely agree. It's about the collective empowerment. So thank you so much, Emma, for joining us today. It's been brilliant learning from you. It's been brilliant listening to you. And I really hope we can now all walk the talk from that. So thank you for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thanks, Nadia. 